But I was just really unhappy with movement and my body and the way that I felt when I moved because I was underfueled and I didn't sleep enough and my quality of sleep was really bad. But once I started saying, I really like this place. I like the people that are around. I like the community. I think I like the aspects of classes. I started getting a little happier and then my appetite increased and then I was sleeping better. And then I fell in love with the movement, with the idea that it can be fun to work out and you don't have to do it because you do, but because look forward to it and physical changes in my body were really important then I started seeing muscle definition and my anxiety started to decrease and then I literally jumped headfirst into all the teacher training and all the rest of the things that led me to this welcome to gut check radio the health and wellness podcast giving you the confidence to trust in your gut I'm your host dr. Nick Belden a board-certified chiropractic physician and functional medicine practitioner. And just for those of you who are aware, the contents of this podcast are for educational purposes only and are not intended to diagnose or treat any condition and do not apply any of this information you hear in this podcast without first speaking with your physician. What is up, GCR listeners? Welcome back. Another interview. I know it's been a little bit since I've had the opportunity and the pleasure to do an interview for you guys, but I know you all are going to absolutely love this episode. I had, man, this was so much fun. I had the opportunity to interview Gabriella Mordoka. She is, most importantly, before we actually get into like what she does as a human, she is one of the more passionate and grateful and appreciative human beings I've ever had the opportunity to speak with. And you know, it's one of those things where within a few minutes of talking to somebody and they talk about this one thing a lot and you go, oh, like, why is she talking about that so much? And then you just realize after about five or 10 minutes, oh my goodness, she is just so passionate. And it's it's one of those passions that inspires you once you're done speaking to be like, man, like I wanna, I, I, I need to, to up my level. Like I need to be on a similar level of passion, especially, you know, as for those of you out there listening who are entrepreneurs as well, she is the owner and operator of three Pure Bar studios here in the southwestern area of Arizona. It's always weird to say like the southwestern area of Arizona because Arizona is in the southwest. You know, what I thought was weird also is Southwest Airlines is the name, yet their hub is in Texas. So that must have been like the 1930s version of the southwest United States. But let me get off my little air travel soapbox. Yeah, anyways, like I said, Gabriella is the owner and operator of three Pure Bar studios. And she's gotten to be so, I found this was one of the coolest things I've ever heard. She's gotten to be so successful with one of the studios here that she's had the opportunity to talk to Gary Vanderchuk. For those of you who might know him on social media as Gary V. He's a very prominent entrepreneur, influencer, social media and marketing expert. And Gabriella has done so well in her own operation of a studio that she's had the opportunity to talk with him. I'm telling you this. This woman is amazing, so much energy, so much passion. And it's one of those interviews where, like I said, you'll just be so enthralled and so excited by hearing her story, hearing her journey of how she dealt with a lot of unacceptance and people who didn't make her feel part of the greater culture and how she moved out to here on sort of a whim, changed careers, found bar, found her passion sort of by accident. And she shows such high amounts of empathy and vulnerability and you can really just, you can really get a sense of that by talking with her. And it's such a, a pleasure to talk to a genuine person who really cares about helping other people 
so they can help other people. You know, there doesn't seem to be a secular reason or a behind the scenes like game she's trying to play. No, it seems so genuine and so authentic. And I think you all are going to love this interview with Gabriella Murdoga. You have three different peer bars now? I, yeah, I have three. It's my three little children. <laughs> um, do you actively manage all four of those accounts or do you have like a VA or anybody else helping you do any of it? So I think so much of pure bar in general is so personal mm -hmm. that I get crazy DMs all the time and I want to be mindful of everybody's privacy. So I manage all of the DMs, but I do have a social media manager that actually goes on and posts and creates the content. So we have kind of a flow where like we meet every Monday, we plan out the week, the month, whatever. And then she posts, but all all the DMs are, are me. I had notifications on for a really long time in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I just finally figured out that it doesn't need to be instant gratification. It's so hard for me to not answer immediately, but it was slowly killing me. Mm, did you have the, the social media manager in the beginning? Were you like, hey, the foresight, I'm gonna get this now. Or did it take like, hey, so no. many boundaries. Yeah, a lot of boundaries that I didn't even know ever needed to be put in place led me to like a friend of a friend who I knew I can trust to create the content that I actually wanted to put out there instead of just like a typical social media manager that's like, this is what you need to do and why. We collaborate really closely, so it saves my life. It's just one less thing that I have to to worry about, and I'm so thankful for it. Oh, my goodness, yeah. And especially, I feel like for you, because I, I look into your Instagram, I can just tell you have such this like level of deep appreciation and gratitude for everybody that I can totally feel how you would feel like you have to respond yeah. instantly to people that are like, hey, I have this thing going on. Da, 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 da. Can I come in? Like, do you think this is good for me? And it's like, where do I, where's that line? Yeah, I so yeah. don't. I so badly want Pure Bar to be for everybody that I take so much time and so much time to walk people through it, whether it's verbally or setting up a caller. I love having people come into the studio so I can put them through each movement just one-on-one -on -one to be like, how does this feel for your back? How does this feel for your core? Does it feel bad because you're not used to it or does it feel bad because it's painful? And so I just really care that everybody has a good time. Yeah, you, you should. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. Do you, because it's a franchisee model with Pure Bars, that works? Mm -hmm. So do you, like, how much support, so when you're going to open up a studio, how much support does corporate give you? Or, like, what do they, how do they help you? They give you as much or as little as you want. So hmm. that looks so different for every different franchisee. But I truly believe that my studios are successful because I use their roadmap. And it's kind of a choose your own adventure in the way that they give you, like, 17 different suggestions. And you pick the one that works best for you. But I have a call with the sales team every Monday. I have a call with the marketing team every Thursday and then the training and technique team consistently because it's like somebody hurt their back or somebody's deaf but can hear the music and would really like to enjoy class. Somebody broke their ankle. So they are a pillar of support for me in my studios. And I'm, I'm really thankful that I'm part of a franchise. That's so cool because I feel... I've been in the, the CrossFit community for a while and I feel like I shouldn't have even used the name, <laughs> but like the, the level of support seems different than what you just explained. Like you have three different calls with different team members a week. That's, cr that's so cool. 
Like they it's can be very cool. Yeah. It's very necessary. So I just purchased Pure Bar Arrowhead in February. Mm -hmm. um, I changed the name to Pure Bar Glendale, but the previous owners did not use any support from Pure Bar. And when I got in there, that studio had 46 members. And now it has 204 in six months because I follow the model. So it's there. Use it. I A lot of people call me. Goodyear ranks top in the nation. So people are always reaching out and saying like, how do you do it? What do you do? And I say, one, I care. And two, I use the roadmap that is there for a reason. What do you think? leads people to not want to use that roadmap just like ego and and pride maybe yes definitely ego and pride also i think from the outside pure bar is so fun and it is i'm not saying that it's not i was just talking to a friend of mine that owns a studio in florida about this too but it just seems like we go and we work out all day long and so when people think about owning a studio they're like okay i have the liquid funds that are required and i like to work out and be in the lobby and shop i'm going to open a pure bar and they don't understand the business back end of it and you need a business mind to succeed it is a business model for a reason it's not like they're just hiring random people um it's it's always shocking to me cuz the interview process is pretty steep to become a franchisee so it's, it's people slip through the cracks and just think that it's going to be fun instead of structured. And then they just don't want to have calls. They just don't want to. So they don't. And that's fine for them. But I appreciate the support. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine or correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, Gabriella, five years ago, would you have imagined that you were this very well-known local person operating these three different franchisees serving probably on the neighborhood of like three to 600 people on a monthly basis or anything like that? No. <laughs> I almost can't even think back where, I don't even know where was I five years ago? Probably like my first year of college. No, uh, graduating college, actually. Mm. Um, I was in events. I was in influencer event marketing when I graduated college and I literally fell into Pure Bar by accident. But if you told me that I was going to own a gym and help people fall in love with movement, I would have said how I literally hate moving my body. That's just and it's true. And it's still shocking. I honestly laugh about it once a week that this is my life. But also I'm thankful. The, the fact that you just said I want to double click on that, that you fell into it. Walk us in like how what that process was like to dig that hole. And did you fall like a couple feet deep, like a lot of feet deep? <laughs> or like walk, walk us through what that process looked like for you. Different stages were different levels of steepness, but I moved to Arizona from New York City in 2019, mm. and I moved with my event planning job. So we were expanding the offices into different areas, and I would always set the office up, travel there for events, and then go back to New York. So when the opportunity came to expand into Arizona, I was like, I need to get out of New York. I was miserable. I just had a really tough time in high school, and I didn't enjoy the neighborhood the New York mindset, the New York minute, it's a real thing that I quickly learned do doesn't exist out here, which is good and bad. There's twofold to that. But I left everything behind. I thought that if I moved to a new state in a new city, nothing would follow me. Everything followed me. All of my anxieties, all my loneliness, all of my fears, they amplified once I was here. And I literally sat in an apartment and worked from home. It was a house. It wasn't a home. It was literally just an apartment. I was miserable and lonely and I just couldn't do it anymore. So I said, let me get a part-time job where I can be around people. 
Um, and I applied to a bunch of different fitness studios because the hours are flexible, which I needed for my full-time job. So I applied to a yoga studio, a pure bar, and a spin studio. And I interviewed with all of them. They hired me for pure bar on the spot. And it literally changed my life in the craziest way. I could work every morning because my job was flexible and it didn't matter how scared, lonely, in denial I was that I moved away and this was my new life. I wasn't going to let my personal feelings bleed into somebody else's business. So I slapped a smile on my face. I was the first face that they saw when they walked in the door, sitting at the desk, checking them in, selling them retail, telling them all about class. And um, I pretended to be happy and immerse myself in the community. And I literally faked it till I made it because I started taking classes. It's a part of the job. You have to take the classes. I hated them. Mm. Hated them. Mm. Uh, but now I have that rule to think because it's my entire life and I love it. But I was just really unhappy with movement and my body and the way that I felt when I moved because I was underfueled and under, I didn't sleep enough and my quality of sleep was really bad. But once I started saying, I really like this place, I like the people that are around, I like the community, I think I like the aspects of classes, I started getting a little happier and then my appetite increased and then I was sleeping better and then I fell in love with the movement, with the idea that it can be fun to work out and you don't have to do it because you have to, but because you look forward to it and physical changes in my body were really important. Then I started seeing muscle definition and my anxiety started to decrease. And then I literally jumped headfirst into all the teacher training and all the rest of the things that led me to this. Do you ever sit back and imagine none of that story would have happened had you said yes to like yoga studio or spin class? When you applied to bar, did you know what bar was at that time? I've taken one pure bar class previously in okay. New York with a friend mm -hmm. in college. And I remember saying, I say this often and I probably shouldn't, but it's just funny and true. New York is just very different. People are in and out consistently. And there was no personality in the studio. They didn't care that you were new. They didn't care that you've never been there before. They were like, sign this waiver. Here's $40 socks. You can go in. And I was like, this is so unwelcoming. Everybody's in like a little two-piece set looking their best and vibing their New York life. And I'm like in a baggy t-shirt and leggings feeling like I didn't belong. And I hated the workout because I had no idea what I was doing and nobody helped me. And that was probably like six years ago, but I kind of just wrote pure bar off. I was like, I, I will never go back there. Um, I think I was so bummed when I didn't get the position at the spin studio because I did travel for work and that wasn't reasonable with the schedule that they needed. But no, I literally hate spin and it's nothing against the teachers. I just hate cardio. It right. doesn't work for me. I don't like feeling like I'm going to die anymore. So it's not my jam, but no, it, everything would have been so different. I would have still been in events and then lost my job during COVID and not had anything to fall back on because the yes. were closed. Mm -hmm. So I would not even still be living in Arizona. I probably would have moved back home, which is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the timing of all that could not have been more perfect. And the way it all unfolded, I'm sitting here thinking like that literally could not have been more perfect from a timeline perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, so many people on here love to know like the gut check moments behind these very difficult decisions. And did you have like one particular moment while you were working where you said, I can't do this, like I need to do something else? Or was it sort of a, the totality of all the little moments? I think that I am 
such an, when I'm in an environment, I'm very outspoken. I'm an extrovert and working in four plain walls of an apartment was not for me. I've never worked from home before. I was very excited about it, but I remember my desk was facing up against a wall in the back of my apartment and I only had windows in the front and I just sat there and it was dark. And I was like, what am I doing? What, why, why am I doing this? I'm miserable. I am incredibly lonely. I don't know anybody. I'm working out from home. I would go for a walk in the morning, but I was just, I wasn't talking to people unless it was on the phone. And, um, I spoke with one of my friends about it at the time. And she was like, you literally moved to wake up and be miserable. And it doesn't make any sense. And I said, I just have to give myself a year. If I still hate it after a year, I'll do it. And then I went to Whole Foods because that's what I would do at night. I would literally just go to Whole Foods, buy some fun, quote unquote, healthy snack, because that was <laughs> where I thought everything in Whole Foods was healthy. Yeah. Um, and the pure bar was across the street. And I was like, oh, let me go across the street and peek in. What is this? They had really cute retail on the front, but I couldn't understand fully what the studio was. And then I stalked their Instagram that night and it said that they were hiring sales associates. So I felt dark on the inside and then staring at that wall in a dark space. I was like, why, why, why? So that was like my gut check that I needed to get out and, and not continue to hide myself because I felt lonely, but allow the external factors to hopefully lift me up in a way, which they did. Mm. And I feel like so many kids when we're in college, when we imagine what work from home looks like, we sort of envision that. We envision, oh, I'll be working my room. It'll be so chill. I'll be so relaxed. Yet when we're in that, there's this we're devote of meaning mm. and and purpose. And then it doesn't take till you, like you said, you were, got around other people, just like, I'm going to fake it and I get around people. And then it's like getting around people is where the meaning and purpose comes from. And we think the isolation and the seclusion will give us like the freedom where it's, it's sort of this paradox. I absolutely agree. It's very difficult to own these studios that people are in and out of all the time and get work done because while people are in and out, they are my main priority. And I want to hear about Susie's husband and Kelly's kids. I love hearing all the stories that people share with me. It, it It's so humbling that people choose to be vulnerable with me in my space. And it's still something that I am incredibly shocked and thankful for every single day when I open my eyes that people choose. Time is the most valuable thing that we have and they choose to spend an hour with us and it's crazy. So I I love giving them my full attention, but I get no work done when I'm there in the way of like emails and that stuff. Right. So I work from home. <laughs> it's such a double-edged sword now. I mean, I decorated my house the way that I wanted to, and I'm I'm really happy here. But the studio has been open for a year, and I just nailed down the situation that works for me for working from home two weeks ago. And it's been 70 weeks. So it it seems luxury to be able to sit in pajama pants and sip your hot coffee that you just made, but it just depends the person's personality. Right. And it's not all that lovely for me. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like you decided to get around a window <laughs> behind you there. Yes. You put your when desk these are open, the sunlight, it changes my whole whole mood. Mm. And I want to go back now. You said for the longest time you didn't feel, did you say like great in your body? Is that or like great around fitness? And did you, 
like when you started Pure Bar, was your like did you ever have like prior fitness or athletic backgrounds, or was your venture into fitness like ah, I don't know how this is like I'm not really sure what's going to happen here? And then at what point when taking classes did you decide to realize oh hey like I actually enjoy the process of this more than I thought? There's so many things that come to mind. So I always worked out because I thought that I had to. Mm-hmm. A thing that I love about living in Arizona that I never got living in New York is, and it's it almost makes me emotional because I'm just so grateful I get to be around people this way now. People are in all different shapes, sizes, colors, and they celebrate that. And we get to celebrate that. And people hike because it feels good. And they move their body because they like the community. In New York, it was always, I'm working out because I want to lose 10 pounds or I need to get my waistband smaller or my thighs are too big or my arms jiggle, this, that, and the other thing. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to see a physical change in your body because that's important to a lot of people. And it it also was to me. But there's so many other pockets of movement that we also need to acknowledge. And when I was in high school, I was friends with, I would say, quote unquote, friends with people that were waking up at 5 a.m. to go to the gym, to fit into their prom dress, to look good for college, to all those different things that you think of in high school. And I just thought that that's, I had to be like that too. And Instagram just started and there was all these health influencers. And I think that that can be really poisonous now because you have people in front of you that are 17, 18. They have no idea what they're talking about. You don't know how their parents talk at home, what their parents are saying, which is a huge influence to children, to adults, to young adults. And you don't, then we follow these people on Instagram that are like, I don't eat any sugar, including fruit, because it's bad for you. I don't eat any carbs, including sweet potatoes, because it's bad for you. And it's like, at the time, I was like, okay, so I have to cut out all sugar. I have to cut out all carbs. And I remember I did all of this and my dad gave me a hug one day and he was like, little girl, I feel your bones. Like you got to get some meat on, like have some pasta with us, have some, stop asking mommy to make you zucchini spirals, eat with us. The, The point of gathering for dinner every night like we do is because we bond over food. My parents are both Italian. My dad was born in Italy. So that's like a huge part of the culture. Um, but I was like, no, dad, you don't get it. Carbs, blah, 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 and would just like tell him all the things that I learned and never fact-checked online. So I moved my body out of like pure hatred, trying to change who I was, trying to be something different. I was underfueling tremendously. So when I did move my body, I felt like garbage. I would wake up in the middle of the night starving and also probably because my blood sugar was so low that it disrupted my sleep. But you can't tell an 18-year-old that. They're just not going to listen to you. Um, and it was just, it was such the norm. It didn't matter if my parents like shook me by my shoulders and told me to eat pasta. I was not going to do it. I was not going to have a piece of cake. And my life, like it, there was no color in it. There was no happiness. It was like, go to school, study to have a 4.0, go to the gym, eat dinner, try to go to sleep. That was it. So when I left that, I remember one of the first things that I said to my mom when I moved was, people are really happy here. Like when they walk in the studio and I'm like, hey, Patty, how was your night? She's like, so good. It was beautiful out. The kids and I went for a walk and then we got ice cream. And in New York, it was like, the kids were in a bad mood after school and they wanted ice cream. And it was just so different. 
So when I started taking Pure Bar, nobody commented about, do it so you can eat dessert. 10 more, that's all you gotta do to be your strongest self. Push a little deeper so that you can cheat on Friday. All these things that were so common for me to hear previously, it was like so body neutral because that's not what it's about. It's not about changing your body. It's not about doing 10 more if you feel really tired. Uh, we're females. Our cycle is all over the place. We feel different every single day out of the month. And that was celebrated. The cues were more like recalibrate with yourself. How are you feeling today? How deep can you go? And I was like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know how to listen to my body, um, which was just so really sad, actually, really scary. But that was like the gut. That was another gut check for me was like, wait, this isn't about changing my body. This isn't about pushing until I feel like I'm dead. This is about moving because it's fun and it improves your mood and it feels good. So once I started enjoying the movement, I started fueling properly. I stopped following all these different accounts on Instagram as per one of my friends who suggested it. And um, I ate carbs and I didn't die. So <laughs> that was that was the shift, just the mindset shift, the the verbiage used in pure bar classes, honestly, in one way, totally saved, it saved my life. I wish we could take that last like seven or eight minute clip and just put it to everybody who's in the fitness industry or has ever gone into fitness avenues and has struggled to come out because you, you literally just summarized everything I try to communicate with people over the course of months of just like, Hey, if you listen to what every guru out there said, nutritionally, you would only be able to photosynthesize it's a mean self-nutrition yeah. and your plate would be empty all the time. And, you know, I feel like to a certain extent there, like we have to go through that level of struggle sometimes in order to appreciate what it's like on the other side of it. And I'm assuming for you, you see a ton of people who are not a ton, but still some people who come in with that mindset. So I'm sure like you've seen their transformation. And for you, it's just like the, like when that light bulb goes off in them, like I imagine, you know, like you, you can see it pretty instantly. It's so magic to see, just to see everybody's perspective change also. We're very mindful on my team that we are not dietitians, we are not doctors, we are not here to give any sort of meal advice. I People do ask us often like, what do you eat? What do you this? What do you that? And I always say, I what I eat doesn't matter to you because our bodies are so different. I also work out for a living. So when people say, you don't understand, you look like that. I'm like, that's just like if you're a banker, I don't understand like you do because that's your job. Um, but I always say like, you'd want to consult with a dietitian, this, that, the other thing, they'll help you understand what works best for your body. Because I think you just said something there that I now want to like sort of pivot to. How do you feel like your relationship with exercise has changed as you get more involved in multiple studios, more people? Like, where do you think, how has that progression been? with your own exercise? it's. I laugh and say all the time, I've never worked out less than when I've owned a gym, but it's not a bad thing. It's really not a bad thing. I took class this morning at 5.30 because I was up at four and I was like, eh, I feel like I can work out. I got energy today. So previously I was like, I have to work out five days a week. Even when I started Pure Bar, that was just like ingrained in my brain that I had to work out five days a week and I would do it. I would do it there's this audio that's trending right now on Instagram that actually like drives me nuts. It's like, do it tired, do it sad, do it scared, do it hurt, do it happy. And I'm like, don't do it all those things. 
do it how you feel that day. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten very good at saying like, I teach 20 classes a week. I cannot work out five days a week most of the times because I'm very tired. And I tell my members, how do you feel today? If your back is really aching, please do not join us tomorrow because you need to let your body rest and recover. And so I have a big issue with hypocrites, which is like a whole other topic, but I don't want to be one myself. So I try to talk to myself as I would the members. How is your body feeling today? How much do you have left to give? Will it help your mental clarity if you move your body? And this is literally a conversation that I have with myself in my head. It took 10 years to get here. It didn't happen Mm -hmm. overnight. Um, I would say that my relationship with movement is so much healthier now that I own studios. My sweet spot is three to four times a week. That's what I like to do. Um, I like to move my body in the morning because I'm a better boss for it. I'm a better fiance. I'm a better friend. I'm a better daughter. I'm a better teacher when I take class and have it in my body. Um, But I know a lot of people fall off that trend of moving their body when they're so in the business. Um, I am very thankful that I can't necessarily relate to that. I have gotten very good at listening to my body on most days. I still have days where I don't want to do it. My promise to myself is if I'm in that room for 10 minutes and I'm still distracted because I'm tired or because there's a smudge on the mirror or the stereo is not working clearly, I need to take my energy out of that room because then my energy is radiating onto everybody else that's in there. The instructors feel lit. They definitely do. They're sometimes scared when I take their class. Um, so I always, my team knows if I'm in there for 10 minutes and I leave, it's not you, it's me. And then that just doesn't count as a workout because I couldn't zero in on my focus and that's okay. Mm. How often would you say that happens? Like once a week. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause it would, when you're, when, as you said it, when your baby is right in front of you and you see the things, you know, you can change, I like. That, that is nowhere near easy to just, oh, well, flip a switch. It's workout time. It's like, no, like that, like all these things need to be addressed. Yes. And it's hard to stay in your workplace for an, a break. You know, it's like a mental break, but it's in my workplace and somebody might need something or somebody might leave the room because they're feeling dizzy. And that is just, it's so hard to split that that vision. I shared this with somebody a few months ago. I miss taking class as just a member. Mm. Um, so when I travel and I take classes at different peer bars, I, I love it. I love to meet different owners, but also nobody knows me. So it's kind of very nice. <laughs> There's a sweet spot of that, right? Is where it's cool to be known and recognized, but then there are times when we need to become just, just us, just our names in a different environment and just let it sort of fester out and relax. Absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in all this all this process, you know, you have three, but the one in, in good years become a year old now. Is that correct? Yeah. It's my little baby. See, that's... And what is the most unexpected thing you've learned about yourself in that year of growing this baby? I think vulnerability is like the first thing that comes to mind because when I think of how I previously was in the workplace, it was like, Focus, laser focus, New York mindset, nothing else matters. You're here, be here. But 
I said it earlier, and it literally shocks me that people spend an hour with us a day, and that's their choice. And I am so humbled by it. I didn't realize how much I can learn from each person that walks through our doors with these tiny stories that they share with me about loss and strength and dignity and perfectionism. And and there's just so many different things. I literally stay up at night thinking about every single person that I come across during the day. Um, Somebody shared that she went to the park with her kids and she could never do the monkey bars. And after taking class for six months, she did the monkey bars. And she was like, oh my God, her and her kids were so happy. They celebrated her arm strength and her core strength were so calibrated and strong at that point that she can do that. It was just another reminder that moving your body is not only about one thing. It's about so many little things. It's about sharper focus and playing with your kids for a little bit longer and all these different things. Somebody else shared with me that they lost their husband when we first opened in October. And um, her daughter came with her in November and and spoke with me. And she was like, my mom needs, she needs to come. She needs her handheld. If you see that she's not signed up for classes, please call her. Please invite her in. And I was like, yeah, if I see people aren't signed up for classes for two weeks, I normally do call them, but I'll be more mindful. So they shared that with me. They trusted me with the the mental health of their mother who was healing. And I just didn't expect this process to have so many moving components to it. I didn't expect it to make me so emotional because I was just so stone cold, work, work, work. And now... I realized that any job can help you make a living, but this job is helping me create a life that I am so proud of and so invested in. And so I didn't think that it would make me so open-minded and vulnerable. And I share everything with the people that are in front of me because somebody can relate. And I am not perfect. I am a human just like they are. And it's really refreshing to know that I can be me and people will still like it and still come. And still appreciate it. And that's like one of the biggest things that that I've learned is emotions and vulnerability in the workplace in this specific place is is safe. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel like you first learned that? I I really think it didn't happen until I opened my doors of, mm-hmm. of your studio. Mm-hmm. I am always so interested in people. I love to know everything about somebody. I think that in order for me to understand where they are in their realm of fitness, they need to be vulnerable with me. Why is your goal your goal? It's not just, I want to be more flexible. Why is that important to you? Because I have grandkids and I want to be able to get up and down off the floor with them and I can play with them. Oh my gosh, tell me about your grandkids. I want to know. I think it's amazing and fascinating. And throughout this process of learning so much about people, they also wanted to learn about me. Mm. And it's always been one-sided because I worked in events and I needed to know everything about the host of the event and mm-hmm. nobody cares about you, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these Goodyear is such a, ma- I mean, it is magic. Like it, that's, that place is pure magic and, and they care about each other so deeply that they allow myself and my team to be us too. And I just never even knew that that was possible in a workplace until these people said, what about you? How'd you open this studio? Oh my God, family doesn't live here. Come over for Thanksgiving. Are you doing anything on Easter? Your fiance lives in Hawaii. What are you doing on Saturday? Do you want to come over? I'm like, it's more than just a job. It is, it's a life. It's amazing. 
Yeah. You came in for a workout and found a family. That is that is about as beautiful and, and like picturesque as it gets. As a child, were you like this interested in other people and their stories and their upbringings? Or did you sort of evolve in that like through college or other things? And that's what got it there. I think I'm the third child. I am fascinated by birth order. I think that it means a lot. So I'm three out of four. And my mom just always tells me that, oh my gosh, you are so curious. You're so curious. And I still am. I want to know how things work fully before I jump and dive right into it. Um, and I was just always asking a million questions. I also think that because for so long during high school, when I was just having a really hard time, I felt so unneeded and unwanted and uninteresting to other people. I never want anybody to feel that way. And so it is my main priority to make people feel like they're the only person in front of me. And tying that into Pure Bar, it's one of the reasons why I love the movement because it's group fitness with individualized, unique experiences. So if we're in a group of class and I see that Haley's tippy toes are super high, I get to call that out over the mic. So she's like, yeah, I did that and she saw it. Or if Rachel can extend her leg a little bit more but doesn't see that she has that potential, I can go over to her and help her reach that goal and help her feel seen and validated. Um, so I think the curiosity has always been there and then experience kind of heightened it a little bit to allow people to feel like they belonged. Mm. So if you don't mind sharing, I, I like in high school, do you feel like you wanted people's stories, but did you, was it hard for other people to share them with you or to feel like accepted in a part of groups or anything? Cause high school for most, most of us is not like a great time for a lot of things. Yeah, I think everybody's always like, high school's the best four years of your life. And it was literally the worst four years of my life. And I can't relate. I don't think that I was genuinely interested in people's stories when I was in high school. I think that I wanted people to like me so bad that I would do anything that I could to have them like me. And that meant like not being genuine and pretending to be interested so that I would be liked um, or invited to the next party or what this, that, and the other thing was. So I don't think it was genuine in high school. I think it was fake, but I still learned the skills that I needed to, to listen and ask the right questions that now help me. So going back to what you said earlier, going through one thing really helps lead to another. So it, it didn't start genuine there, but it is definitely genuine now. If I don't want to know about you, I just literally won't ask. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. I, I love getting these stories because you realize that what brought someone to where they are is everything they've done previous to where they are now. Yes. I, yeah. My mom and I talk about it a lot, that it's just shocking that I'm, I made it here across the United States doing something none of us thought that I would ever do. It's so random. Um, and she says, if you didn't go through your struggles, you just, you would have never, you would have never left and you would have ne never found what works best for you. And it's really true. It's like the, the calm after the storm, not that life is calm because it's not, but right. the beauty after the storm. Yeah. The balance of order and chaos. And when you yes. find whatever that balance, and you balance is an interesting word, find that balance for you. That's where the beauty is of like that, mm -hmm. that pinnacle. I want to, you, you earlier, you said sometimes like you at night, like think of people's stories and I can just hear it in your voice. Like you're so passionate about this. Do, do at times you wish it was easier to to turn it off or do you like that aspect of like, oh, hey, like I, at night I can think about people's stories and be invested in and be like super invested in what's going on with them or do you wish that it was easier to flip a switch? 
I do wish it was easier to flip a switch. It's something that I am working on so hard. Um, I think it it's awesome that this is my job and this is what I get to do. And I've been so engulfed in it for the last year and a half. And in the beginning, it was only one studio, but now it's three. And it's it's so emotionally heavy. And it doesn't, it's not in a bad way at all because I love what I do. But what people don't understand is that no matter if I'm having the best day of my life or the worst day of my life, I have to show up for them a hundred percent. Because I am not willing to let my bad day ruin the 21 people that are in front of me. They're there for the best 50 minutes of their day. And so sometimes on my hardest or most emotional days, I tend to stay up later, like my head hits the pillow. And I'm like, wait, people's head hit the pillow and they just like fall asleep. I didn't even know that was possible. Yep. Um, and I'm thinking about this person and that person. And then I remember something else that I have to do. And it's like a ping pong ball all over the place and it just starts with one like very innocent thought about Susie who hit her 100th class and I'm like she cried the other day because she was so happy that she stuck with something and how magical is that that she did stick with something for 100 classes that's incredible oh who's 100th class is tomorrow I wonder if the team checked to make sure that they know who's 100th class tomorrow is Maybe I should wake up a little bit earlier so that I can do it and then send an email to the people that need to know. Speaking of emails, I also never responded to this person's email, which means this is going to and then it just keeps going and going. And that's one of the reasons why I can't look at my Instagram DMs at the end of the night either, because then I'll just like harp on all of it. Um, I wish that there was a way to separate. My dad was always really good and still is at like literally keeping work at work and life at life. And my fiance is really good at it, too. And I am just not. But so much of what I do at work is passion and very different than my fiance's in the Air Force and my dad is in like construction. Yeah. So it's different, but I still need to develop that skill that splits it because I don't know who I am without Pure Bar right now. And I, I, I'm scared to know, but I just am one with Pure Bar. There's no like Gabriella, owner of Pure Bar. It's just like, there <laughs> they are one yeah i think that's the price we pay for passion like you said the people who have jobs where they can turn it off and go home and not think about it i, I almost wonder if that's like self-selective and that's what they want and then people such as ourselves we choose passion project entrepreneurship mm. and that because we choose that we were already people that were going to stay up at night thinking about it we just happen to choose a profession in a line that was that much easier for us to end up doing that mm -hmm. yeah a double-edged sword. Yeah. I, I I I need this much passion to drive how crazy life is with I call them three toddlers because they literally are three toddlers. Um, with three studios, but it definitely is it could be emotionally draining. So if anybody has any tips on how to separate, I am <laughs> yeah, we'll take them all. <laughs> so now that you have three, do you feel like you now have a favorite between working on the business so in the nitty-gritty versus working in the business or excuse me in the business would be nitty-gritty and then all the business would be like a big picture strategy like do you have one that you prefer now i don't know if i have one that i prefer but honestly i do not work on the business enough i just hired business strategists i'm so excited about them mm -hmm. because my issue is that i am such a operator right i'm very hands-on my boots are on the ground pure bar 
in general, our parent company is called Exponential Fitness. They own nine brands and they would prefer you to get your studio on up and running and then leave it. So they like draw a box, which is your studio, and then they draw the owner all the way over here. Because when you're in the business, it's very difficult to grow. And it absolutely is. My day-to-day focus, I am a little bit of a micromanager. I tell everybody that I hire this when I hire them because I'm so passionate about my babies. I want to make sure that everybody that walks in our doors feels a certain way. But that leads me to do the things like check the milestones that are happening and check the retail sales every five minutes to make sure she would really feel good in this outfit, but she might not think to look at it. I want her to feel good. Let's make sure that she got it. Or check the equipment to make sure all the tubes are extra tight. I don't need to be doing that, but I like to. And so because I'm in the business on day-to-day tasks, I find it very difficult and I'm tired at the end of the day to zoom out and say, okay, here's where we're at for the quarter. Here's where we need to be next quarter. How are we going to get there? And instead, I'm like, next month we have to do this. Next month we have to do that. So I am trying to pivot to work on the business. But I fear that that takes me away from being in the studio as often as I am, mm-hmm. which is working in the business. So I I haven't figured it out yet. I think that my regional manager just shared with me the other day that don't feel like you have to work on the business all the time. Different people have different strengths and maybe you hire somebody to do that. And instead you really stay in the business if that's your your jam. Um, so thankfully my mom runs all my books because very hard to find somebody to trust to run your books. And she has said she will help me work on the business. So I at least plan one day a week where I strategize and look on that zoomed out lens um, with the help of the business strategist I know what I'm looking for now. And then the other six days I'm working in the business. Yeah. And I, I always, I don't, maybe envy is not the right word, but for people that are like serial entrepreneurs, I'm sure you know people who just love to yeah. build businesses and get out. And I just, maybe you can relate to this. I don't even wonder, I don't even, I have no idea what that feels like to be like so passionate just about building something, but not a particular something. It's just yeah. I, a something versus the something. You know what I mean? I don't get it. I, yeah. I My dad said to me, a few months ago, he was like, when Goodyear is at the best that it's ever been at, we need you need to consider selling it. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Would you give away your first daughter? <laughs> no, are you kidding? But that was his thought. His thought was when your business is at the peak, you want to sell. And then you want to take that money and multiply it. And I was like, uh, can't relate. When you first told them, like, you're a new venture of, like, wanting to start owning Pure Bar Studios, what was the reaction from your parents? Were they, like, amazed, shocked? Sure, supporting in some way, but yeah, I remember it so clearly. I was actually so I used to work at the Pure Bar that was in North Scottsdale, and then um, I moved to Buckeye because love makes you do crazy things. And my fiance lives out here, and then I was driving an hour to teach in Scottsdale, and I was like, no. So then I started working at another studio, but with traffic, it was an hour and a half, and I was like, no. So I was driving home from work one night, and I called my mom, and I was like, I cried. And I said, I'm so incredibly thankful that you and daddy raised us to follow our dreams and think that we can do so many different big things because I I really, I think that I can. I believe that I can. And I, you know, Pure Bar changed my life. You literally told me to stay in Arizona because I'm so much happier there and I can correlate it directly to Pure Bar, the community, the movement, the outlook, the mental change. And I really think that I need to open one. And her response was, 
I'm glad that you're glad that I'm your mom because sometimes I feel like I'm not good enough. And send us a business model. Let's look at it. And I was like, okay, I'll get it to you tomorrow. Yeah. And I did. I sent her the business model. It was right before Thanksgiving. She was like, I'm going to print it out. Don't tell daddy yet. My dad has, he owns a corporation in New York City. So very entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. He's told me my whole life, little girl, you're going to change the world one day. Mm -hmm. He calls me every day at 3 p.m. when he's on his way home from work. And he says, hey, little girl, how's it going? And it's just a part of my day that I look forward to every single day. Um, but we're, my dad and I are able to dissect parts of the business or situations and areas that I'm struggling in. When I was little, we would do lemonade stands and my sisters and I would make bracelets and sell them and make pens with flowers and sell them. And he would help us break down the cost and the labor and all this stuff. So when we went through the business model, my mom said, we'll present it to daddy. And you know, he's going to ask you to break all the things down. So just make sure you have all the answers to your questions. And we did. We sat down. We went over it. And my dad said, I've always been fascinated by gyms. I, I don't understand how they make their money. Um, and we kind of talked about it and all that stuff. And I said, I don't care about making money. I care about making people feel like magic. And my dad was like, well, that's dumb. You're not in a non-profit <laughs> So we kind of game plan and switched things up a little bit there. But no, they were just so, so incredibly supportive. When I called them and told them about the opportunity to buy a failing studio, um, my mom laughed and said no. My dad said, jump right in, little girl. And then with this third studio, my mom was like, seriously, it, it hasn't even been a year. And I was like, I haven't failed. I haven't failed yet. It, it, your time's the char. That's what I said to her. And they just held my hand and we're walking through it together. So it's been, I am very I can say this now as an adult I'm sure I didn't feel this way as a kid or a teenager but I'm very glad that my parents are my parents yeah oh my god I feel like so many people out there that that's that's so again cool and graceful to like know that your parents are that involved mm -hmm. in the day do you feel like as a child you felt like you had an entrepreneurial spirit like maybe because of your father's endeavors or things like that absolutely it was very clear immediately I always need to be doing something creating making thinking reading I can't watch TV. I just cannot do it. My mind does not stop. Um, I'm a doer, not a like a sitter, I guess. Um, but I, my dad would wake up really early and go to work and come home fairly late, but we'd always have dinner together. And I just always remember saying, I can't wait to be an adult so I can do that. And my mom would say, don't rush. When you're an adult, you're not going to like it. And I freaking being an adult, it's great. I bought chocolate cake the other day and ate it. <laughs> and nobody said anything. Nobody said a thing. So, oh, my could you imagine like the Gabriella of like six years ago would have had chocolate cake as a pre-dinner snack? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Never ate it ever yeah. or bought it because then it's the idea that like, oh, it's in the house. I'm going to eat it all. You should eat it. That's why you bought it. Like it's quite simple, actually. To me, that's like the ultimate full circle story of you. You come as this background of like wanting to work out because you want what society thinks it's supposed to mean to work out. And then you come to this full circle of working with enough people to realize, wow, it's about the journey more than the destination. And if me having this piece of cake before dinner allows me to continue on the journey and love myself rather than like the image of myself, it's like that. I mean, there it is, right? Yes. I I very rarely share my goal when I first joined Pure Bar, but I wanted to lose weight. Um, I did wind up losing 28 pounds with Pure Bar. It does work as a weight loss regimen if it's followed properly with proper nutrition. 
I don't share it often because now it, my goal is very different, but it's really cool because sometimes I get to talk to people who are like, I just want an hour for myself or I'm just trying to strengthen my mindset and start my day off on the fresh foot. And I'm like, that's my goal right now too. Totally get it. Um, and then when people say I'm looking to lose weight and I really don't know what combination of classes is going to be great, I'm able to tell them like scientifically from my pure bar teacher brain what would work for them. And then if the conversation warrants it, I share a little bit about my story too. Like I really wanted to lose weight in the beginning. It worked really well for me. Everybody's body is different, but I'm almost sure that if you trust yourself to follow the process, you'll reach your goal. So it's cool to have different perspectives there. Yeah. And speaking on the process, like your, your passion is just like your ultimate process. And so I imagine when you first hired somebody, it's almost like no one is probably going to be as passionate as you. Did you feel like you had that moment where you thought like, oh, like they're, they don't love this as much as me? Yes. <laughs> oh, all the time. We actually have like a national conference with all the expo brands and Gary V is like an inspirational speaker and he spoke at it last he year. He speaks at those? Wow. It was incredible. And he said, if you want somebody to care about your business as much as you do, give them a portion of your business. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So it's okay if they don't care as much. I think that when I first started hiring, I hired in a way that no longer works for me. I put a job description out there and I was like, who's qualified? And I do not do that anymore. Now I find people that I organically connect with that have this energy that I really like to be around that have strengths that are similar to mine and very different from mine. And I create a job description based off of a person. Mm -hmm. Because it's very hard to send 42 bullet points out and be like, who meets every single one and also has personality? It does it. My regional manager is the best thing that has ever happened to myself in Pure Bar. Goodyear, Glendale, and Surprise. Um, she is the better half of me with different strains and wonderful experience. And I created a job description because she came to take class and she loved class. She didn't wind up buying a membership and that was okay because I wanted to make sure it worked for her. And then she emailed and asked if we were hiring. And I was like, I loved her when I met her. Her energy was amazing. And then now she's a re my regional manager and manages all three of my studios. So I hire based off people rather than job descriptions. And it has suited me way better during this season of business. Did you learn that from anybody or did you just arrive at that on your own? Because that's pretty profound. Um, I think it was a mixture of both. I hired, her name's Andrea, my regional manager. She, I hired her by myself during a really big transition period. I got rid of my general manager who was not a right fit for myself or the business. And then I was doing everything by myself for two months. So when she came in, I was like, I don't think I need a general manager, but I think I need a sales manager and I'm not good at this. And she comes from a Nordstrom experience, which is amazing. Um, they have a lot of incredible training. So for her, I kind of manipulated the job descriptions and created it. And then most recently, when I started working with um, business strategists, they were like, yeah, it just sounds like you need to hire based off the person, not the description. And I was like, I think I did that. And it worked really well. Let me keep doing it. <laughs> uh, I'm, that's one I'm going to steal and totally write that down because yes. it is the next space in our journey. And I've never I already thought about that. But it, it, Change it, is the game. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, we, well, we could like sit here and throw things back and forth all the time. But I want to be conscious of your time. So. You know, at this point, why don't you tell the people, like, plug your stuff, pay the bills, let them know where they can find more about you on the social media, anything like that. 
Yes, my shameless self plug. I yes. am the owner of Pure Bar Goodyear, Pure Bar Glendale, and Pure Bar Surprise. Pure Bar is a low impact, high intensity movement that's kind to your joints while strengthening the stabilizing muscles. And it focuses on pelvic floor, core, and ab stability for all different genders. You can find us all over the United States and in Canada. And on Instagram, we're Pure Bar Goodyear. Awesome content. My social media manager does a really good job. Pure Bar Glendale. Pure Bar underscore surprise. And then my social media is Gabriella Murdaka. Mm, that's that's all pure passion right there. <laughs> we'll, we'll put all that passion. information in the show notes. And, and Gabriella, so again, this is Gut Check Radio. So it's all about exploring people's gut check moments. So what would you say the most recent gut check moment you've had, whether personal, professional, and sort of walk us through how, what it was like in the in the depths of those moments going through it? Mix of personal and professional. I think that my gut check was I plan and then the universe laughs. Um, so I planned to open up five studios by the end of next year. And we're hitting a lot of delays with my surprise studio with construction and development and all that stuff. And um, my fiance's in the Air Force. He lives in Hawaii. And uh, he was supposed to get medically discharged at the end of this year. A lot of different things are happening, but I was planning for that to happen and so excited. And now he's not, which is so exciting for him because he gets to continue in his career. But I planned these two things and neither is ever happening. And so my gut check was you drive yourself nuts, running in circles, planning things that are so unknown with so many different outside factors. Instead, why don't you stop and breathe and take it day by day? Because regardless if you plan, or if you don't, you have the skills and the support to deal with things as they come. And that was just from like crying a lot, a lot of crying. I believe in crying. I think crying is great. Get it all out and then talk, talk about it. Talk about it with people you love. Talk about it with people you trust. Talk about it with people who have a different opinion than you do. They're definitely the ones that bring the most awareness to the situation. So I would I'm doing my best now to stop planning, which hopefully will make me be less disappointed. And everything that's meant to be up until this point has been. And so hopefully that continues to happen. Mm, I think that's a lesson we could all stand to read yeah. from and learn from. Mm. Gabriella, thank you for your time. Again, that's the most amount of passion I've ever seen from somebody. That is, it makes me now want to go like do more in this, the currently existing beautiful world we live in. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm honored to be chatting with you. Thank you all for trusting me to be a part of your day. If you enjoyed the show and found it informative or entertaining, we invite you to share the love by leaving a five-star rating review on your podcast platform of choice or by sharing this episode with your family and friends. And until next time, trust in your gut.